Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger. Hello. Hi. What's going on? Kelsey, couldn't, you couldn't give us a single Roger? Did you, uh, once again, just like the thing we do at the beginning of the podcast where we had to count to make sure our tracks were synced, Kelsey froze. And when everyone else in the, in the, on the call says a thing, she just froze and stared at us. Um, we didn't go over this, so I cannot, in my contract states, I cannot uh, be, participate in any bits that have not been cleared uh, through my management uh, already. I was, was going to say we should have rehearsed that. Exactly. Or at least yeah. Thank you. <laughs> We do this podcast every five months, Mark. You should be yeah. you should be in rhythm uh, and ready to go every time. This is Roger Roger, a Star Wars podcast where we go through the Star Wars movies together. Um, I'm Bobby, and I'm here with Justin, Kelsey, and Mark. Hello, everybody. Oh. Hello. I thought we were doing a meme thing. I did. I, I did. I didn't want. I didn't want to tempt fate. I didn't want to tempt fate because even if I said, "Hey, Justin," Justin said, "Hey, everybody," and I said, "Hey, Kelsey," you would have been like, "I don't know what to do." <laughs> I don't know what to do with these hands. <laughs> um, so uh, last time we did this, uh, we talked about uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Um, and uh, this time we're moving on to uh, the era of rebellion, as I guess Lucasfilm now calls it, um, with one of the two movies that currently exist in that time frame. Uh, um, pre the original trilogy, which is Solo, a Star Wars story, um, which was the last, um, like of those Star Wars stories they put out. They put out two of them. Solo was the last one. Um, and uh, we're gonna discuss that today. Um, we're gonna discuss whether or not we think it deserved to be the thing that killed uh other Star Wars movies, <laughs> or if possibly it's 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 a little more maligned than it deserves to be. Um, we're doing this live, uh, on YouTube, uh, misadventure.land. If you're listening in, in podcast form, um, if you are watching the video, make sure to drop a like subscribe, um, and, uh, share so that people uh, can check us out. Um, I want to dive right into this here. Here's what I want to say. Uh, if people haven't listened before, what we're going to do is it going to be full spoilers. Like we're not going to like do like a non-spoiler section and then a spoiler. This movie is however many years old, but we're going to, we're going to just dive into the movie and kind of got to go beat by beat a little bit, like kind of in chronological order of the film. Um, but we might bring up other parts of the movie, you know, as, as we're talking about s some parts of the movie. Um, uh, and we'll just go through it. I, we've done this with the three prequels already. Those, those exist. So we can already do that. You can guys can go check those out on the podcast feed, but um, this one's gonna be interesting because I, ha I have my notebook and I was taking notes for like the first like 30, 40 minutes of the movie. Um, and then I was like, there's not as much to talk about in this movie as there was in the Same. other movies. It's very simple. It's very simple. And that's what I'll start out with. But the, the, the story of Solo, a Star Wars story is um, we follow the, the, the trials and tribulations of a young Han Solo who starts his life out on as a street rat on Corellia. Um, escapes <laughs> um, and uh, joins the Imperial uh, Navy to become a pilot. And then when we see him again, um, he's sort of just like a grunt who is, you know, mouthing off and he meets up with this band of uh, outlaws led by Woody Harrelson, his character Beckett, and they go on an adventure to steal. Um, what is that stuff called? The stuff that they use for the warp drives. Um uh, oh. I don't remember. I thought I wrote it down, and I'm looking at my notes, and I don't see that I wrote it down. Um, there is this uh, stuff, coaxium. unobtainium, coaxium, unobtainium, yes. that they <laughs> that is very, very valuable that everybody wants. 
um, and they need to go and steal some to make it right with this criminal syndicate uh, called Crimson Dawn. Uh, and along the way, um, they discover a young Lando Calrissian and a uh, Millennium Falcon, and they go on a rollicking adventure to try to get this stuff um, full of you know gangs and mining colonies and intrigue. Um, and we are supposedly supposed to learn sort of the origins and early life and why of the why of who Han Solo is. Um, so um, we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to just dive right in and, 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 and start out here. I don't know if we want to give general thoughts about the movie first or we just want to go start diving in and go beat by beat. How, do, how does the how does the panel feel today? I think we should, I go think for we it. should do. I was going to say, I think we should do general thoughts. <laughs> All right. Okay. General thoughts. General, general thoughts. Um, <laughs> um, I think this yes. is going to be interesting because I think our some of our opinions are going to be wildly different. Yes, yep. I, I agree. For instance, think this movie whips ass. It's awesome. <laughs> um, Mark, counterpoint. Uh, I feel similarly to when my ass is whipped after watching this movie. Um, not great about it. Although slightly... <laughs> Slightly intrigued, I guess. Okay. Actually, whipping, having your ass whipped feels very accurate to how I feel about the movie. It's like not great, but like slightly intrigued. <laughs> um, Kelsey, what about you? Um, I think I liked like the last ten minutes. Okay. Uh, every <laughs> That's so specific. Sorry, Sorry that was a that was, just, that was an honest else, reaction. We're doing this um, live. Yeah, I was really, I was really bored. <laughs> Um, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm closer, I think to, I, I'm not all the way into this movie whips ass. Uh, um, but, um, I, I enjoy, I think I enjoy more of it than I dislike. I, I, I will say that there are things I definitely don't like about the movie and we'll definitely get into those things. Um, uh, as we, as we, as we go through it, but, um, I don't think it is a like disaster of a movie. So that that's that's where I am on this point. But I we'll, we'll jump right in now and start through. We always start with the opening crawl. There isn't really an opening crawl in this, but there is like at least like a opening set of text. Strike that, one. Yeah. Strike one. <laughs> um, and it reads: It is a lawless time. Crime syndicates compete for resources, food, medicine, and hyperfuel. Uh, on the shipbuilding planet of Corellia, the foul Lady Proxima forces runaways into a life of crime in exchange for shelter and protection. On these mean streets, a young man fights for survival but yearns to fly among the stars. Um, uh, it's a bad set of opening text. Um, I, and I will say that. And I will say this too. I think it. The opening text is is a pointer to something that is the is the pointer to the thing I mainly don't like about the movie. Um, which is this need to over explain like Han Solo as a character, as a young man, as a whatever, like th that last line that reads on these mean streets, a young man fights for survival, but yearns to fly among the stars. Like that's something that you, you get from the movie itself in the first, I don't know, five minutes. He like literally five says minutes. it out loud. Like 10 seconds <laughs> yeah whatever it is he like says that. it out loud yeah, yeah he like says it out insane. loud um it, it does it feels like a graduation speech doesn't it yeah <laughs> um all of you just yearn to to reach to be among the stars to fly among the stars among the parents <laughs> um so in this opening section of of the movie um 
we see young Han Solo, um, uh, played by Alden Ehrenreich. Is that how you say his name? I believe yes. so. Yeah. He's he's not he's not the other one. He's not Baby Driver, who also has a weird name and is and also so apparently old. kind of a also apparently kind of a creep. And he was also in in the running for this role. Ansel. Oh, he was he? Yeah, Ansel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ansel El- Elgerfort or whatever. Elgort. Um, <laughs> Two weirdly named people up for, up for the role of Han Solo. Um, when you're famous, you're supposed to change your name to Tom Cruise <laughs> or something like super easy to get out. Yeah, yeah. I know. Both uh. of them have the initials A E too. Weird. Yeah, it's very, very weird. It's a very weird, weird thing. Yeah. It's a very strange coincidence. It's like so, Titan A E. Except not as good. Yeah. Oh boy, Titan Age. I thought Jesus. Of the same thing. Is that weird? I swear. It is you. weird. Kelsey, yeah. it's before your time. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it was an animated an film. A- yeah, that came out right and, around uh, the time that I think Episode One came out. Kelsey I think was, it was born Matt probably. Damon. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Was six. it Matt Damon? <laughs> Matt Damon voiced. It's like Damon? Matt Damon. I think it might have been like Meg Ryan or something like that that did the voice. I think Meg Ryan was in it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've never and seen then a movie had with an Meg Ryan. Amazing trailer with the Creed song, so I know Bobby's interested. Yeah. <laughs> I was very interested in that movie when when it, when it was that coming out. It was a big was amazing. animated, animated sci-fi like epic mm-hmm. thing that they did um, yeah. at, at the time. Um, but like, so this the, really quick. I guess we Kelsey, should rewind should a little Titan. bit. You should watch watch Ta- Titan A.E. Kelsey. This I'm, I'm watching you look at this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, um, Solo, not Titan A.E. Solo, um, was originally supposed to be directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I said that right, right? It's not Chris Miller. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Chris Miller it. and Phil Lord. Okay. Um, and uh, in about halfway through production, or maybe even close to, maybe even more than that. I think it was near the end of production. They yep. got taken off the movie and replaced by Ron Howard, who was the director of credit uh, on the movie. Um, I, I, I don't think it's it's kind of impossible to know um, other than just like kind of guess by tone and moments that happen, like what of their movie is left and what of what what was completely replaced when uh, when Howard took over. Um, you know, we, we can guess a million times why it happened. I mean, there is probably a lot of truth to like oh they just they wanted to do stuff that was different and lucasfilm didn't want them to do different stuff i'm sure there were other reasons too i mean they, they had all, they, lucasfilm since disney bought them has had a long line of directors leave or get kicked off of projects um and uh you know uh chris miller and phil lord are just are just two of those chris miller and phil lord are the, the people who they well they didn't direct spider-verse but they you know they were creative to. leads they produced it mm-hmm. and they and they were they kind of helped it come to fruition they made the 21 jump street movies they made the lego, LEGO movie movies. Yeah, yeah. So they're 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 pretty they're pretty known for taking like po- properties that are very tough to make that seem like they they would be terrible and making good things out of them is like what they're like n- known to known to do. Um, so anyway, um, that's all the backdrop to the movie. The movie starts. We're on Corellia. We're with a a younger Han Solo, though he looks exactly the same age as he does the rest of the movie. So I don't. It's tough for me to place like where like this it, like you know exactly what's what's happened. But he's he works for this lady or he's like a ward of this lady proxima person along with the um the uh khaleesi uh character <laughs> um with, with the the cutest spelling of kira you've ever seen in kira yeah it's kira um the, the star wars <laughs> spelling of kira um and uh, they are in love and they have this plan to get off. You know, Han Solo is going to pull a, a scam, a Han Solo scam and, and get them off. Um, they get caught immediately, basically. Um, and they go on a run and we have a chase scene through the streets that leads us to like the spaceport where, you know, they're going to get on a ship and go 
they like bribe this 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 person, this imperial officer, to let them through, and then things go wrong, and then they get separated, and one has to stay, and one has to go, and one has to go. Um, before we get to the end of this, I I will call it the act. I mean, it's very short, but it's like basically the opening of the movie. Before we get to the moment where the name moment, which we'll, we'll speak about when it, when it's over, when we get to it. How do we feel Justin about this opening sort of like section of the, of the movie? I remember watching this in the movie theater and just being kind of blown away from just how different it looked from every other star Wars movie. Like, and this is, uh, apparently was meant to just really convey the tone of how like dim and desperate this planet is or, or the city, but it is, uh, it's very dark and like very grim and dank. And I was like, this doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie when I was watching it. And that's what I liked about it. And I, I, I think that thought carries through a lot for the rest of this movie is like, this doesn't look like a Star Wars movie. And that's why I like it so much. But that's what I was thinking about in, in this opening act. Um, what about you, Kelsey? Any thoughts? I was going to say uh, I'm like shocked that you think it doesn't look like every other Star Wars movie because I think it does. Um, it's very like dark um and i think that we've seen that before like just in lighting i find all of them start kind of dark um and i hated the beginning i hated the chemistry between han and kira <laughs> disgusting so awkward i literally was cringing the like just everything about the beginning part i did not like lady proxima she was defeated so easily like just every just everything i hated uh what about you mark uh i'm gonna throw a curveball uh out off the jump here i agree with justin that like visually it does feel different that it's um kind of dark and yeah weird because usually the darkness is like inside uh like the death star or something like that contrasting with like super super white um mm -hmm. but for it to be like the entire scene outdoor um dark planet uh, until he throws like that rock through the the window spoilers, uh, yeah. <laughs> it really messes up Lady Proxima, who's a vampire uh, worm yeah, of some sort. It's, yeah, some sort. Uh, yeah, of some sort. Yeah, um, I thought the the visuals were fine. I thought the overall storytelling there was very much um, violating the rule of show don't tell. They're just telling us everything. Mm -hmm. um, there, he's like, oh, we have to do this, and then we're going to get a ship, and then we're going to fly away like we've always talked about. I'm like, great. And then even with Lady Proxima, where Kira intervenes, she's like, you remember when we found you in the middle of nowhere in the gutter? Do you want to throw that away for him? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm like, okay, guys, I can't figure anything out on my own. Spoon feed me for the rest of this movie. And they really do. And I think that's like my problem with the movie is like, Bob, you had mentioned this at the beginning that they simplified things, but I think they mm -hmm. went too far in the other direction where it's so simple that anything that you might be confused about, they immediately explain to you like, no, no we will explain it to you now. So don't yeah, lose right. your focus. It's like, oh, yeah. th they're, these guys are the bad guys because, but wait, they're good now because let me tell you everything and show you nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think like we're, this opening like 30 minutes of the movie for me, as someone who even likes the movie, is like the weakest part of, of the movie to me. Mm -hmm. I, I like the visuals. Like I think yep. like whether it looks all, like it, what it looks like to me, is like what I'll say is like, it looks like to me the thing that was, always sort of like promised when they talked about like underworld star Wars stuff. Um, mm. and it does it, it to me, it does look like 
Star Wars. Like it does like, and one of my things I like about this movie actually in general is I think the visual like language of the movie is much more like, you know, original trilogy Star Wars than some of the late and some of the other movies are. And I like that about it. Um, but I do like the fact that we're seeing a planet. We're seeing the, the sh like the Imperial Star Destroyer is being built like in the sky and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think that stuff is cool. Right. And I think I, I am always a fan of in universes when they show you like the un like the inner workings of how stuff gets done. Right. I like I like that part of it. I like that. Like, this is where the, sh the ship's got to get built somewhere. Right. And this is where they're getting built. Right. I, I like that idea of it. Obviously, there isn't a lot placed on that because we're, we're off Corellia in a moment. And even though he talks about going back there for the first 30 minutes of the movie, we never see it again. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, I like the part and, where they separated. You like the part because they're not together yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movie is this movie is full of very short. Like it, it's it's full of very much like, OK, you have connection to these people because you do like that. That is kind of like what they're like, every relationship is like. That's yeah. That's, th that's what I, the I movie does. More. That's exactly yeah. what the movie does over and over and over yeah. again. And they're trying to get you to have the same type of emotional beats that you have with interactions with characters in the original trilogy or even mm. in like the mess of the prequel trilogy. But you have no time for those types of emotional connections to be made because mm -hmm. you're just yeah. thrown in together and then they're gone. They yeah. they dispose of secondary characters in this movie incredibly fast. <laughs> yes. Like they yeah, introduce like them and before you've learned their name, they're dead and you're supposed to have this emotional mm -hmm. reaction to them dying. Like, who's this guy again? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't remember this forearm guy's name. Yeah, what the hell? That's exactly what I was thinking yeah. about. They're like, oh, he's, he's yeah. the shoulder's not that bad. As he's like crashing into, like, oh, it's pretty bad. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, you know what? You are a great pilot, kid. You promised. I'm like, what? <laughs> you hated this kid five We're minutes ago. We're not there yet. Yeah. It is, that I'm, is John Favreau, by the way. That, that is, is John, John Favreau, Favreau, by the way. <laughs> what an introduction into the universe. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that when they get set, by the way, the way they get, again, all these, sh these like very like shortcut ways to do things, like literally they get separated because somebody grabs her shoulder right before a door closes. Like, it's just like, there is just like, this beginning is clunky, very clunky to me. Like, yeah. um, like I was, go back to the visuals. I like when, when they have like the lady Proxima thing or whatever, and she's like in the shadow and it looks like a puppet. I was like, oh, this is cool. They're doing like a puppet thing. And then once the light comes in, I'm like, oh no, it's just a CG worm. Like they, like it was, you know, it was covered up by the lighting, but yeah. um, you know, so they, they, they bribe this Imperial officer. They get separated in this gate, you know, Kira and, and Han. And, and then like, she basically just like go. And then they're still looking for like the Imperial officer kind of like betrays them. And is like, Oh, there's somebody uh, hiding. And then Han just kind of gets away by like hiding behind some speeder bikes or whatever, while they pull people who kind of look like him, like out of line. And, 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 and he's just and, okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> As long as I'm, as long as I'm okay, I don't care. Um, it's unfortunate. This also, the guy also has like incredibly well coiffed hair for like a a a a, 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 a street urchin or whatever. Um, yeah. So he decides to join the like imperial like like army or navy who have very low standards. They have incredibly low standards. This guy just walks up and goes like, I don't know, I don't got a last name. I want to be a pilot. Like like, and he's like, okay, and. This next moment is the is the thing that defines the thing about the movie that I think holds it back from being a much better movie. 
where we get this moment where he goes, okay, what's your name? He goes, Han. And he goes, okay, what's your last name? And he goes, I don't have a last name. I don't have anybody. And he goes, the guy goes, oh, Han Solo. Yep. <laughs> and they make like, they make like, like, so it's like this like, like troll by the Imperial officer, right? <laughs> About like, oh, you got nobody. Your last name's going to be Solo. Whatever. That's like that, that idea that is fine to me, but it's like, it's this idea the movie has that like, no, you really needed to know. You really, you've been asking yourself for 40 years. Why does his last name solo? Well, we're yep. going to tell you right now. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff about movies like this prequel movies and movies that follow in, 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 in line in, in mythos that yep. I don't like. Right. It's like, I don't need to know that. And more so, and this is, this is my main thesis on the entire movie. The worst parts of this movie are the parts where it's a movie about Han Solo. Like, right, I agree if, if with they, that. You know, if they had not not only just the performance of, you know, A.E., but also like the um, or the characterization. I don't think he's terrible, but like it's like no. the, the, the way. You, but the fact that they just if this had just been about like a. Like a uh, another character, like a new character who was a street rat who got out, who went went on these smuggling adventures, who was Han Solo-ish, sure, but like not Han Solo. The movie I think would have been way better. And and this is and we, yes, yeah, yeah, got a genie, got three wishes. He wants to fall in love with the princess. Um, He pretends to be somebody else. Um, No, but like that—that's that's the part of this ending of this like first act is the thing about the Mm. movie that I think is like. It, it, it underlines stuff. I think it doesn't work uh, about the movie. Um, it's the continuing problem of the movie. I agree with yeah. you on that because yeah. anytime that's the problem with this concept of the movie, they're like, Oh wait, he's, he's on the, he's on the castle run in 12 parts. Like, how the hell are we going to squeeze that in here? And I'm supposed mm. to be excited about it, but all of them you're like, Oh, let's just shoehorn mm-hmm. this in. It's like, mm. well, Chewie's well, with him forever. Cause he owes him a life debt. Why does he own that? I mean, that's that might be the only one that's not completely horrible. Although, yeah, like I love he's, the, he speaks, the, but he speaks to him in his native tongue here, and then he never does in the the seat like the the prequel trilogy. <laughs> and you're like, oh, he's an asshole. He can yeah, talk well, to him in his moments. language. He knows how. And he's like, no. We're, we're obviously we're obviously skipping around, but like I yeah. wrote in my notes, like they explain everything in this movie, but they don't explain how Han knows how to speak. Yep. Like Kashiki or whatever, or you know whatever. Yeah. So like or Kashik. Um, but anyway, Justin, you were saying you agreed. Like the parts where it's a Han Solo movie are the worst parts. Mm-hmm. Like you okay. want to like expand on what you mean? Just I I think the parts where you they make it very obvious that there's a callback. Those dice come mm. up multiple times throughout the movie, yeah. and it's just like so yes, many lingering shots. I mean, mm. there were other things like the the. Uh, what is it? Uh, when, when they have the Falcon and we'll get into this later um, mm. where he's doing the the Kessler run like mm. that's the one like, like that's the one callback that I actually really liked because like I thought that was visually the coolest part of the entire movie. Um, but it would it would be a much better movie because my thoughts on prequels well known mm-hmm. uh, if it was just a standard new Star Wars story like. There is a lot about this movie that I really, really like that I want to get into. It's just the parts that if there's anything that hold it back, it's the fact that it's like, okay, well, we know what happens with Han Solo. So does any of this actually really matter? If you could divorce yourself of that, those thoughts, I think it, the movie, like I said, whips ass. But like, mm. you know where we're going before we get there, which is the standard prequel problem. This one's just compounded by the fact of, What's up with this other love interest he's got going on here? Yeah. Where you know it's it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So, well, how does right. this fail? 
Um, mm-hmm. So we we should we should take this in as before we we dive into like the movie as a whole, and we're getting into like the main meat of the movie now. Kelsey, you wanted to bring up just the, the casting in general, um, okay. and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold up a picture of the of the of the person you sent to us. Come on, <laughs> what's this person's name? Like Anthony Igelbor. <laughs> Is he, is he also oh, yeah, another name? Another another one? <laughs> yes, his name is Anthony Igruber. Okay. How do you spell his last name? I N G R U N A I. Not an A E. Enough A E's already. But another A E's, but but another name it's hard to say. Yeah. Oh yeah. I spent all day figuring it out. He played a young Harrison Ford's character in The Age of Adelaide. Mm-hmm. And there, it's perfect. I think everything that we're complaining about and all this like lack, I think it would have been charming if the actor looked like a young Han Solo, which he does not. And I think that that's the problem. Because I think if this actor that like you saw in that photo, like the way he smirks, I think it's a very similar smirk to what Harrison Ford has. And in that whole Han Solo scene where they're like, oh, Solo, if he would have been like, or something like that, <laughs> like it would have been yeah. charming. And I just think it would all of these parts would have worked more because that actor is more believable as a young Harrison Ford. Maybe he's not the best actor in the whole entire universe. Fine. But like as visually, he looks the same. I think every problem I had with this movie would have worked better because the casting would have been better. There's a reason like Donald Glover worked a lot is because he looks like a, a Lando Carlson. Ate it, but I don't know what, what his Calrissian. name is. Calrissian. 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 Lando Carlson. Whatever. I'm pa- be passionate right now. Give me two seconds. Just he looks just like out. Lance Carlson, <laughs> famous smuggler. But you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like I think that Donald Glover was perfect casting. That's what everybody wanted. He looked amazing, and everybody's like, "Yes, that's him. That's." That's our Lance. That's our Lance Carlson right there. Lance we Carlson got him. It's a fantastic name for Lando Calrissian in like a Star Wars porno. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this is Lance you know Carlson. What I, mean. I just Wait. think this actor is a better decision. Um, and I stand by it. And when I found out that this was supposed, like, he was one of the options, but not necessarily the one that they were going for. I think they wanted a more, like, better or, like, well-rounded actor. Um, because they had looked at Ansel and all of them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, well, I mean, they, I, they I, I think it would have worked. They struck they struck like, out I, hard. I think, I think That's for funny. me, it's like, I don't care how much he looks like Harrison Ford or not, but oh, I do. If, if he had been great, you know, right. it wouldn't have mattered to me because right. like just fast forwarding many movies in the future when we're going to talk about this, but, um, Adam driver, Mm-hmm. Um, in in the at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, which spoiler alert is not a very good movie, but the end of he has he, more he doesn't have his lightsaber and he's like he's like doing the Harrison Ford thing, like he's doing his dad, right? He's like being like his dad, mm-hmm. and he embodies to, like he's doing the thing, like he's way more Han Solo than you know um, A E is yeah. in this movie uh, right. like at all, and he doesn't look anything like, like Harrison Ford. Too. He doesn't look anything like he, Harrison I think Ford. He looks like he could be their son. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't. He's not like supposed to be him, right? You no, have the freedom, right? Of but that. I'm just saying. But I. But, but that sort of like, if yeah. somebody embodied the spirit of him more, oh, I would be. I ha- I'd be happier with it. Yeah. Um, and th- I think there are flashes in this movie. I think there are flashes in this movie where um, he he's he's good. Like I don't think he's universally bad across the movie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't feel like 
Han Solo most of the time. And and that's right. that is a detriment to the movie, of course. And he course. doesn't even it, feel like an incomplete version of Han Solo, which is what no. you could forgive yourself to be in this yeah. like timeline of the movie where it is within the universe. Like yeah. piggybacking off of what you and Kelsey have said, if it was one of the two, either if he blew me away with his performance or he looked more like Harrison Ford, I would be mm -hmm. able to forgive it more. But when you go yeah. over two, that's when I'm like, okay, well, you struck out with the casting and it's the titular yeah. character and he's yeah. in 90% of the scenes. So uh, you're, yeah. you've, you've lost me from the beginning then. Yeah. And, Justin, you were going to say something? I do think... Oh, oh sorry. sorry, Justin. No. No, it's okay. Go ahead, Kelsey. I was just going to say, I think that that is the main the main issue with it and I think with prequels in general, like in any sort of capacity, is like you're attached to one sort of face and one sort of personality and working on a prequel where they're not, like if if this was a prequel and Han Solo was 10 and it was a child, I think it would have worked better than Han Solo 10 years younger than he is. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't yeah, look yeah. the same and there's, there's an expectation of the performance Mm -hmm. when yeah. if they were children there wouldn't be that expectation right so, yeah, yeah so you're saying they should have gotten young sheldon on this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um uh justin do you what did you want to add anything to I the mean, discussion just, about you know, the performance i i remember when this movie was you know being filmed and there were all sorts of rumors flying off the set mm -hmm. that the casting was a problem and when i went mm -hmm. into the movie originally i was expecting a tire fire Mm -hmm. Um, and it certainly wasn't that. And as far as like his performance went, it, you know, it's hard, right? You're like, oh, uh, just like embody the spirit of practically the most like dashing and charismatic, uh, charismatic man of the seventies and eighties. You got this. Don't worry. And like yeah. with that stacked up against him, I thought he did pretty, pretty well. Like, uh, you know, mm. it's not a great performance from him, but you're also asking him to like embody Harrison Ford, which not an easy thing, but for what he what he brought to it, I didn't think he was I didn't think he was bad at all. It's just he's not Harrison Ford. Who is? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing I will like compare this to a little bit is it's tough, right? Because Han Solo is a character played by one person in history, right? He's only ever played one person in history until yeah. this movie. Right. So it's, it's defined by one actor's performance. But there is analog to this when they did the Star Trek reboot in 2009, right? Chris Pine is playing James T. Kirk, who at the time was only played by William Shatner. Mm -hmm. um, and he does an, a fantastic job to me of like embodying Kirk without being looking like William Shatner at all or like even copying his performance in, in any yeah. way. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, I would argue even Zachary Quinto playing uh, Spock, like Spock. they look very similar. Yes. Right? Also, also, more there's, there's makeup involved with like there's like, there's a much but, more like well, yeah. He, he's he's a much more like you know a manicured character than than Kirk is right in no, in, in sure. many ways. Do you guys um, want to have, have a Star Trek podcast? I could do that. I love who those knows. <laughs> they but they they kind of built a, an escape hatch into their plot wise because they introduced they a did, multiverse they did. in that first movie. They're like, oh yeah, well he's yeah. not him. So in case you have any problems, uh, take it up with the multiverse. Yeah, but even regardless of that, I think even if they hadn't have done that, right. I think they did a really good job picking somebody who was able to act his ass off and right. making like the character his own while also, mm -hmm. but still feeling like that original character. And they just didn't find the that whether 
I don't know if it was all, you know, Alden Einreich's fault or it was partly the writing's fault and the performances and the schedule, like all that yeah. stuff. Like, I don't know. Right. So there's a, there's a lot that goes into making movies and a lot that goes into performances more than just what the actor brings on the day. Right. But um, I, I think whatever their portrayal of Han Solo, I don't think works strictly well as Han mm -hmm. Solo. And that's, again, goes back to my like whole problem with the movie in general. And now I think like, I think if this, if they were thinking about making a movie like this now, like a it would be a Disney plus television show, but, yep. but also yeah. like, I, I think they would feel way more comfortable doing something that's more just like living in like the extended universe than it having to be a Han Solo movie. Right. Cause I think, mm -hmm. uh, I think with the Mandalorian we've seen, right. They're able to like bring a character in who is very reminiscent of another character, but make them their own. And I think they could have done that w with this in, in more ways than one, but they were so focused. Uh, I don't remember this time, like they had done rogue one and then they did this. And then they, they had like, they had like the, the, they had like the Boba Fett movie, like that was supposed supposedly like going to be made. Yeah, yeah. That was supposed to be the third one. There was talk of them doing an Obi Wan movie at that time, like as well. So there was all of this like rumor and stuff that going on all the time. And then this kind of didn't do very well for Star Wars standards, and it like it like chopped all that down. But anyway, we're into we're out we're off Corellia, and we're into um, again. I think another pretty interesting visual like section of the movie, like seeing like this world war one style kind of like in the trenches fight with the empire, sort of like what it looks like with the empire, not with clone troopers, not with stormtroopers, with like regular ass people in, in uniforms having to fight their wars for them and how it would go. Like I, I, I thought that was like a cool like visual motif to go with in, in, in that moment. Um, yeah. It, was uh, also, it also added charm. I think, um, mm -hmm because of Woody and the like <laughs> integrating him and showing him that way, I think was done really well because I think it goes with like his kind of character in the movie, but also like characters that we've seen him act before mm -hmm. as well. Yes. Um, and it's no yeah. surprise that it's hit, it's him that you see it's his face. Um, and mm -hmm. I think it went well with introducing him um, and also like what he becomes to Han throughout the movie as well. Yes. Yeah, it was love at first spinning gunshot, basically. It was like, beautiful. He was spinning and like Han like stops in the like fighting and like just like <laughs> stares at him like while he's like doing the doing the move or whatever. Um, again, this is another thing too where, um, other than um, you know uh, Kira, uh, what, which, uh, Amelia Clark plays Kira. We never said like her actual oh, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you said Khaleesi. You said Khaleesi. Oh. Um, <laughs> Again, an actor that I, I generally like, but again, is not given a lot in this movie other than to be like, like either like in love with Han or sort of like a devious, like backstabber is like her two like modes mm -hmm. at all times. Um, I think her, I, I think their lack of chemistry definitely hurts like her performance as well, but they surround them otherwise with like all these like super charismatic, interesting people. Um, and I think that helps it helps me like the movie more but also makes their performances look a little bit worse in comparison yeah. even this like initial team that we meet which is like you know the the woody harrelson character the thandy newton character and the john favreau voiced like four-armed pilot guy um you know they're immediately they have like a a patter and a and a, and a, and a tone to the way they're talking and, and and a charisma with each other that the other people don't yet you know, have, um, mm -hmm. and we start, we start the sequence with, you know, Woody Harrelson basically is, is impersonating a, a, a military officer to try to steal this more co coaxium again. It comes up again, um, is steal more coaxium. This time a whole shitload of coaxium. Um, 
And, you know, Han kind of figures it out and sort of goes like, hey, I want to join your crew. And the Woody Harrelson character basically sends, decides to basically tell on Han and get him essentially sent to his death for all he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he gets thrown down this pit with um, a, a monster who ends up being Chewbacca. Um, and just, we, we mentioned this before, he speaks Wookiee to him. Um, and like, of all the things about the movie, I think Justin, you said this before, that like are callbacks, or I think Mark might have said this too. I think Mark, actually it might have been you, Mark. Like, this is the thing they had to do, right? We have to see how Han meets Chewie. You don't do a Han Solo movie if Han's not gonna meet Chewie. It's just not, like, it's just right. not gonna happen. And I think the way they like, uh, I, I don't mind the, I think, I, I'll say this, I think each individual sort of like adventure slash action sequence in this movie is, they're generally pretty good. And I, and I think they're, they're pretty well staged and, and they have, you know, easy, easily identifiable stakes for the most part. And I think like, this is no exception. We get a, a good fight and then we get some humor and then we get, you know, this like, kind of a, escape sequence that happens. I will say that in my brain, the way I am, the thing I imagined Han doing for Chewie was not just like saving him from like a, a cell. Like I thought there was, it was going to be more than that. But, um, you know, again, that seems good. And then they have to do the thing where he's like, Oh, what's your name? And he's like, he's like, Oh, Chewbacca. We're gonna have to have a nickname for you. Yep. And I'm like, and I'm like, Oh, that's why they call, he calls him Chewy. Like, <laughs> which, which again like feeds into my, he's a real asshole. Cause he has an actual <laughs> name. He's like, Oh, I can't remember all that. I'm going to assign mm-hmm. a name to you person yeah, that yeah, is yeah. essentially life slave to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let me give you a name now too. Cause you know, um, you belong to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I, I think their meet cute was better than, than Han and, and Kira. I really felt the, uh, yes. the energy between yes. Han so and, <laughs> and Chewie yeah. throughout the movie. Um, and I'm not even saying that for like the laughs. I honestly, their, their relationship is much better explored than the Han and Kira yes, one, which is sure. coming back to as like something that I'm supposed to feel. And I feel yeah. nothing for them because they have yeah. no chemistry yeah. and they've developed none of their story other than telling me loosely is like, she was my first friend and we were on this terrible mm-hmm. planet together. I'm like, okay, I don't care. I just saw you yeah. like escape from a, a planet with, with Chewie <laughs> and you're just telling me <laughs> we were kids. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, Kelsey. I, I do think that um, I like Kira way more when he sees her like after and getting this idea which i thought would have been explored but we never learn about it about like what she's had to do to survive um Mm -hmm. and i like that mystery part of her and i thought like i thought kira's character is in is interesting and was interesting outside of han uh, outside of han but it's like we can't have a girl character um without her somehow relating to right, the boy yeah. and only being exactly. there for the boy, which is why I think I like the last 10 minutes a bit more than mm-hmm. like the whole entire movie um, for that for that reason, because I think she did something for herself. In, right. in general, I agree like with you. But like when you're when you have a Han Solo story. Yeah. If you're not relevant to Han Solo, then you don't belong in the movie. So in general, <laughs> well, I agree with be, you that female characters should have their own path. No, yeah, because yeah, she, doesn't yeah. Appear, but, but, she doesn't appear no, in the prequel, not... so, like the sequel trilogy. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, right, but just like Beckett trilogy. is his own, but just like Beckett is his own character and yeah, has his like, own motivations. I mean. Like she no. doesn't really have those until the end, right? Right. We right. we get yeah. revealed at the end that she about her motivations. Um, but very briefly, like, and very very briefly, very briefly, like she falls victim to the same. 
Yeah. She falls victim to the same issue that I've had with the have with the movie as a whole is that they just do a mm-hmm. lot of just like saying and not showing me anything. They're like, yeah, they're, yeah, oh, yeah. you don't know what you won't be able to look at me the same if you find out what I've done. And then they're like, oh, you don't know what she's done. I'm like, can you just show me? Like, <laughs> yeah. stop telling me the line over three yeah. different characters throughout the movie say, yeah. you're not going to look at her the same when you find out what she's done. And then we don't yeah. find out what she's done other than who she's mm-hmm. aligned with. And the movie ends. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. wait, uh, yeah. what? See, but like, that's like, that's like a leap of logic that I thought that the movie was fine with going with where it's like, yeah, I don't need to know what she's done. She's aligned herself with this like terrible cartel and uh by the way she's really proficient with weapons she's probably killed a lot of people like for a movie where it's like we criticize it for literally saying this is what we're going to show you and then they show it to you here they're they're saying like she's done some bad shit if yeah, you just watch what she's doing and see what she's doing she's, yeah i, yeah. I mean find yes, out she's they proficient do, with they weapons say until it. literally the last sequence <laughs> yeah, yeah like, i think the i think the the, the more problem is not like them not explicitly telling us what she did, but they make it seem like, like, um, I mean, for people who know, oh, like, drama, ru- drama rules, and like, like this will be very, very, very obvious, but this is like, there's something called Chekhov's gun in, like, the world of drama, which is like, if you show a gun on the mantelpiece in Act 1, that gun's gotta go off in Act 3 or whatever, because, like, why is it there? So nope. you keep telling us, right, that he's not gonna look at her the same way if you know what she's done, but, like, she never... <laughs> Like she, ne- we never get the moment where there's like the break, right? Where he like he he sees her differently, or he, he has the chance. Even speaking of Han's character, he never has the chance to like have his moment of choice where he goes like, "No, I don't care about that. Like I've done bad mm-hmm. shit too. Like like th- I care about you. Like th- 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 we don't even get that moment, right? We we get you just get continuously told like, oh, because like it's not like Han's a saint. Like Han has been fighting against in the Imperial Army, yeah, like, like why probably killing people. Like he's not gonna <laughs> give a shit. Like, you know, so uh, that's the thing I don't understand about that moment. Like, I think, like, hey, I think there there was probably stuff that was obviously drastically changed about the script when the change of creative yeah. took over. And also when the movie gets put out, scenes are probably cut and things are probably chopped up in weird ways. So you get stuff that probably at one point, at some point in the journey of making this movie made sense. And then that stuff gets taken away. And all of a sudden you're, you're missing like key like points. Right. right. Um, but like, you know, so Chewie and Han escape. They get the hitch a ride with um beckett um and and his crew and they go on this like train this very uh, captain america the first avenger like train heist like it looked like so much and that's not a criticism against it it just looked so much like that scene but this is a Um, double decker it doesn't look anything like it (laughs) i mean i did like the when the train would like flip over and stuff again the cool visual stuff like Mm -hmm. the train flipping over was really neat um and like i think like the I think like the iconography of like the Enfys Ness like group, like the Mad Max ish look of them is neat. Um, Enfys Ness, who is um, Carly played Morgenthal. by Cameron, Carly Morgenthal, <laughs> who is essentially once again playing the, the same, same character. character she played in Captain uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She's playing like the same exact character, but yeah. um, obviously we don't know it's her until the end, but it does. That doesn't matter. Um, there's this whole train heist. It's, it's a, again, this is the part of the reason why the movie is like, was tough for me to write a lot of notes about because I'm like, oh, this is a cool action scene. There's not a lot yeah. to like dive into in it, right? It's just like, like it's a cool action scene. It's got it's got like a nice varied set of like 
engagement parameters, right? We've got like mm-hmm. on the top of the train, we've got the ship, we've got we've got um, Fanny Newton's character like off kind of like doing like her sabotage thing. Um, so we've got a, and then we've got Infus Ness when she shows up, shows up, we got a, a whole other like engagement arena for that. So it's a well choreographed scene, um, but the, it ends with right basically, I mean. Beckett is basically two of Beckett's crew dies. His his wife, I think she's his wife, his wife um, or at least yep. his girlfriend. Um, no, his wife. Partner, yeah, and, probably. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Space marriage they have Star going on, partner. and then, <laughs> um, and then, um, the pilot, the four armed pilot, uh, gets shot, and he also dies. Um, and just kind of like save their lives, you know. Han drops the cargo. This giant like train car full of this like you know warp co- drive coaxium stuff um and and then it blows up this entire mountain and they get and, and they fly away and beckett's like furious at him for doing it he's like now we're gonna die and i'm like you guys would have died <laughs> if he hadn't have dropped the thing so like i don't know what you want from the kid like you definitely would have died because the other people dropped it too because they were gonna die <laughs> because they in, held on to it longer in beckett's defense <laughs> he says they're gonna let go of it it's yeah, like, yeah. just don't. And he was right. Mm-hmm. So in his defense, what he said he was, was going right. to happen. They're going to. It's like, no, no, no. They're going to. They're going to let go because they want to live. Yes. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, I got to. I got to let go. And then both of them let go. He's like, I, I, I told you. I told you <laughs> what was going to happen. <laughs> so. So uh, to me, the end of this scene uh, for myself, it, it marks an, a cutoff in the movie from. What I think is like the first, you know, the first like 30, 45 minutes of the movie, which I think is we've railed on it a lot here. Right. About about what it's like. The rest of the movie, I I kind of like dig most of it. The, the, the stuff that happens. I the next thing we get is we get um, like Han and Beckett and uh, Chewie go to the Crimson Dawn ship. Crimson has this crime syndicate led by a. Paul Bettany with a bunch of scars on his face. Like I'm not, I'm not totally sure what, I don't know if he's like an alien, some of the alien race that has like some sort of like two part skull. I don't know what the, or he just has a, bunch, a big scar on his face. I don't yeah. know. He's like a what human the deal alien. Is. How do we feel about Paul Bettany playing a bad guy? I, liked uh, it. I think it's fine. I liked it. I, I thought I, he was, I felt mildly uncomfortable every time he's on screen. And I think that means he's effective. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Felt, I did feel definitely felt uncomfortable. Great. He felt unhinged the entire yeah. time he was on screen. You know and I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah. It, I liked it. Yeah. I got a very uh, John Lithgow and Dexter vibe from him. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to be a bad guy. No, stop. <laughs> I don't like this. Um, uh, have you obviously never seen the Da Vinci Code, Justin, where he's also a bad guy? <laughs> In the in the alternate universe code, but where Ron time. Howard doesn't take over this movie, though, it plays very differently because Michael K. Williams was originally that character. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Interesting. Interesting. OK. He wasn't available for the reshoots. So Paul Bettany oh. apparently texted Ron Howard is like, hey, I hear you're doing the Star Wars movie. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, cool. You're on board. And then they reimagined it because I think before it was more CGI. And then they came up with this humanoid oh. thing because it'd be cheaper for reshoots. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Yep. He has those cool energy daggers that look like like something that would be in Valorant, Mark. They look pretty they look pretty dope. They, I had like I was looking at them like, oh, why do I like this so much? I I feel like I want to pay seventeen dollars for each of those daggers. <laughs> I yeah. want a cosmetic cool. that, yeah. 
<laughs> for my yeah. for my for my character. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I thought he was an effective, you know, heavy. Um, it definitely communicated. Like, I definitely believed if they didn't do what they were going to do, they were going to die. Like, you know, I yep. definitely believed everything he was saying. Um, you know, again, speaking again to like Kira's whole situation. Kira is there. She's at the Crimson the Crimson Dawn hideout. She's apparently like one of his top lieutenant or something like that. Again, this whole this is very muddy because she also seems like she's still a slave. Like it's like there's like a weird like I don't I, I don't I, I I think a lot of her character is unclear right in, in these yeah. moments and I, I don't and I don't even know if the supposed to be three years no like only three years yes mm-hmm. three years three years then and and now and she's a top yeah. lieutenant but she's also moved up still fast. enslaved mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also like uh, yeah yeah I think I think Dryden Dryden Voss would have been canceled. Just his his behavior is just very unbecoming. <laughs> yeah, no, his, no, 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 no. <laughs> towards the people he he's was. De- he's you know, definitely getting his YouTube of. channel taken down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, uh, so um, so this is when we get the the the, the plan is formulated, and I, I think like. I think this is one of the times where AE is like kind of like the most Han Solo that mm-hmm. he is in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And I'll give him definitely credit for that. Like, b- especially the fact that he goes for like this idea and he totally fucks it up. Like, I think that again is like very good Han Solo writing and the way he acts and kind of does it, I think really, really works in, 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 in those moments. Um, and we get this plan, right? So there, the, the, there's no way they can replace the coaxium. He's going to kill them. And they come up with this plan to get unrefined coaxium from this mine, space mine in Kessel, um, and basically bring it back to this other planet that can refine it. But they have to, it, it, uh, but raw coaxium is very unstable and there's a very short window of time. So it's basically like this, like, kind of like suicide mission. Like it's basically all like we're all in, like we, we have to do this. The only way we're going to survive is if we do this. Um, and, and, uh, Dryden Voss decides that Kira should go with, with the group. Um, and sort of like watch over the, the, the mission or, or whatever. Um, like I'm not really clear if like he basically is just like, I don't care about you and I want you to die because you vouched for these people who I wanted to kill. Like I'm, you know, or, you know, I'm not sure like his whole motivation for really sending her, um, thinking the mission was going to fail in the, fir- in the first place, you know, but, um, that we get the setup for what the rest of the movie is going, is going, is going to be at that point. I can't um, believe I'm about I to really... the plot. I can't believe I'm about <laughs> to defend the plot of the movie, but they actually outlined it very briefly before what would be the motivations, mm-hmm. at least for me. Because he's he's yeah. shown to be slightly possessive and emotionally unstable, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. mentioned and Kira mentions like, oh, we grew up together, and he's like, yes. oh, okay. And then after that, it it seems like he's immediately questioning her loyalty. So I think he sends her yeah. on the mission. And he's like, if you bring me back the thing, then you're loyal and we're all good. And if not, and it mm-hmm. goes sideways, you die, and I get to like justify that you were disloyal. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was not and, the person I thought that would bring that up. <laughs> Mark defend, defending Solo, a Star yeah. Wars story. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this sets in motion the rest of the movie. I, I say, I, th- again, talking about like the World War One sort of like in the trenches stuff. I love this kind of Star Wars shit where it's like, here's like a crime syndicate and like, we're like, we're doing the under dealings of what's happening. And like, we're, we're having little, like, you know, we're, we're in a seedy bar around a table. And like, you know, I, I like like 
like all that stuff when they do that stuff in 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 Star Wars, you know, media because it definitely adds to me to like the realism of 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 the world and, and sort of fills it out a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, does anybody, uh, Justin, do you have any comments on this like whole sequence? Just this whole, I mean, again, like this ending of this first part is like I, I agree where it's fine. Like the the beginning of the movie has been fine, but from here it really takes off and. I think this is why I like this movie so much is like everything that happens from this point moving forward is all the stuff that we don't really see in Star Wars. Like we don't see that seedy underbelly type stuff like we've got bit pieces of it in, in Coruscant, right? Where we're like, mm. we get down to the street level and we go into these bars yeah, I mean, like, yo, show me more of that. Mm-hmm. Show me more of like what this star, what, what this universe could do other than lightsabers. And that's what this movie is full of, except for when they actually literally show a lightsaber at the end of the movie. But like. <laughs> Let's check out different species. Let's go. Let's like giant space leviathans. Let's get into mm. that. Let's get into human and robot relations. Like the like this movie is full of awesome ideas and like all of them take off from this point moving forward. Mm. Also, we get to meet Lance Carlson in the next scene and I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought that back. That was a plus work. <laughs> that, was like, um, that was a good callback. Yeah. Kelsey, do you have any thoughts on this scene? Like this whole sequence? Not really. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I just want to make sure. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's really, I guess from this point on, I enjoyed the movie more. But mm-hmm. like this whole part, like I started like washing the dishes. Like I was like, this is, I don't care that much. <laughs> Maybe like from here on out, it was interesting. But I, I really, like I said, I didn't care about Kira. Like, and that's probably why I didn't understand why she was also going on the mission. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like maybe from this point on, it was more enjoyable. But this whole scene, like I just... Mm. So the the next thing we found out is that they need a ship, right? So um we I I don't know I know a, I know a pilot who has a great ship. He's retired, but he's a gambler. Like let's go, let's go. And we meet and literally I wrote down in my notebook, Donald Glover. Let's talk about him. <laughs> he's so hot and he's he's so good in this role. I'm sorry. He's fantastic. L3 my favorite character. My favorite one. Love yeah, he's that bitch. absolutely fantastic. Like if they, every they, moment they he's on screen, something. they need to do something with him. Like if he, he goes down fantastic. as playing, playing this character in this one movie and the in the middle to end of the movie and they do not pick up and go somewhere with this in the future. It is. It is a crime against humanity because he like it, it almost seems like he was he's born fantastic. to play this role. I, yeah, I have a nit to pick with with the characterization, not with Donald Glover, but with some of the writing is how he <laughs> how he arrives on calling him Han is adversarial. And I don't think <laughs> I don't think honestly in, in the original trilogy, there's nothing that felt adversarial. It's like, this is how I say his name. And he just never corrected <laughs> me. He's like, no, he's like he's saying it as a jab. And now it's just the thing uh, that didn't really work for me. It's like another I mean, one of the things that you like shoehorn in. Yeah, it's another one of those things that's like that's like the so, last name thing, right? It's like yeah. I don't need a excuse. I don't need a reason why he calls him Han. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I, it, 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 I might be mistaken, but I don't think I, I'm looking it up right now. There has been a yeah, there's been a Lando series announced. Yeah, um, I believe so. The guy who uh, created uh, Dear White People is gonna is is like is like creating it. It's going oh, to be on yeah, Disney Plus. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, again, this was back in 2020. They announced it. Is it Donald? So yeah. I don't know, like, um, you know, uh, but 
I assume it's still being made. I, I it never got it never got canceled. So like the Benioff um, and Weiss Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway, um. Yeah, we meet him. He's gambling. We we you know we get this. We we get the scene where they're they're playing sabak uh, together, and th- here's one of the times they sort of like play against like your expectations because you're kind of expecting like Han to win the ship in this right. scene, and he doesn't, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, Lando is cheating. Um, and Which they I think really that was do another lingering shot of. Let me just put my yes. arm out where I show the card holder, <laughs> so you can really know that I'm cheating. And then mm. after they've yeah. shown that he's cheating, they have Han complaining about it for five to ten seconds, saying how he's cheating. I'm like, I don't need you to tell mm. me. You've shown me. What's happening? Why do we keep doing just this? Just in case. <laughs> Did you miss it? Listen, he's cheating. He's a cheater. L- listen, Lance Carlson, you're a dirty <laughs> cheater. <laughs> it's talking about imbuing the actual spirit of the character. Yes. Yes. He got down... The voice, like the mm-hmm. the mannerisms, the voice work, just mm-hmm. the pitch and the tone, like because like at the, when I was watching this, I, I actually ended up uh, watching this today, and mm-hmm. my I was my um, I was not actually looking at the screen when he came on, and I was just listening from the other room, and I was just like, oh my god, like I had forgotten how much he sounded just like him. And it was perfect. Yeah. It's like it wasn't like to the point where it's like you feel like, OK, he's trying to imitate him. It was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. that is him. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good. And he gets the whole like spirit and charisma down of him as well. And that's the thing like Donald Glover yeah. is an extremely charismatic actor. Yeah. Um, and and uh, that is really the thing that is most memorable and prevalent here. And it's the thing that's missing, you know, from AE's performance in, in a lot of the moments. Right. Um, is that he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have that. He doesn't command the screen when he's on screen. You know, the, the guy who's playing Han every moment that Donald Glover is on screen. He, he whether he's the focus of the shot or not, he's the mm-hmm. focus of, uh, of your attention. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of performance that you need in something like this to make it feel authentic and make it feel worthwhile. Um, mm-hmm. and I totally agree, Kelsey. I think L3 is like a, a fantastic droid oh, voiced by, best. um, Fleabag's, uh, Phoebe yeah. Waller-Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole idea of like, you know, robot resistance and, and, and equal oh, rights and stuff like <laughs> is not something that they do like in the movies or in like that at, at, at all. And, and, and so I think it was cool to, to see that and like how like she gets like carried away with like what she's doing sometimes and the whole like her and Han like, like, like love or whatever, like, and, and they're sort of her like intimacy. Lando. Sorry, her and Lando. Sorry, her and Lando. Intimacy. Her and Lance. Lance. Her and Lance. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> her, her, the her and Lando, like, in- intimacy, I think is great. Like, even though the little moment where he's like, you're going to need to do that thing again tonight. And he's like, yep. <laughs> like, that. Like I, like, I think it gives, like, a history, you know, to, you know, and, and those are the moments that feel very, like, Lord and Miller t- to me. Like, th- those are the ones that feel like mm-hmm. that's the stuff that was was holdover from their mm-hmm. like that and like that scene with Chew, uh, Chewie and Han and like in the shower together like the, the, all those yep. moments have like those the moments pop in a lot of ways yep. that a lot of other moments mm-hmm. in the movie don't um mm-hmm. character moments anyway yeah um, i think i agree with you i think those are those feel like those types of moments that they would have had in there just like their type yeah. of touch like that that very brief moment for Han and Chewie in the mm-hmm. shower felt very yeah. like Han and Chewie it's like you, yeah. you couldn't yeah. we couldn't have done this separately <laughs> It's like, yeah, 
that's funny. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's the brief moment of yeah. levity in this, like, very dark, unsettling time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we get in, basically, the, the, then from the time they get the ship um, and, and, and kind of go on from there, um, we're basically in one long, like, 45-minute action-adventure scene, right? The, the, yeah. the movie doesn't really stop again until we're back on the like uh, the Crimson Dawn ship, you know, 45 minutes later, essentially. Um, and like, I, I think, again, not a lot to write about or talk about, like as far as like, you know, depth to what's happening. But I think this is the, this 45 minutes of the movie, I think is is really good. Like, I think it's fun. I think the action is, again, they do a good job. I'm a very big proponent in, in movies like this about if you have action scenes, the geography and like the the stakes are extremely important to be clear at all times, right? And a lot of movies get this wrong, like their movies get this wrong all the time. But at every moment in this movie, in this moment, in this action scene, from the time when they they kind of invade the base to when they're when they're on their run, you are very clear about like what the time frame is, what they have to do, and what's standing in their way. Um, and, and I, I think it's all I think it's all you know really fun and, and good. Um, and there are spikes in great moments like the, like, the, like, you know, L3 freeing the droids and stuff like that and causing like so that fun. prison riot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's great. Justin, I know you, you, you really like the movie. So I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on like this, this, this section of the movie. So the, the, even when they're doing the run, even when they're doing the run, this to the run, cause they're all, it's all kind of one big long. Yeah. It is, sequence. it is one basically long, big, uh, yeah, yeah. one long sequence here. So yeah, like there's just so much about this. That's great. Like, L3 is a fantastic character. Star Wars needs to stop introducing really interesting droids only to murder them in the same movie. <laughs> yeah. It gets, mm-hmm. it's super frustrating because I think a lot of the droids in the, especially in the Star Wars stories, mm-hmm. the, you know, this and Rogue One are like, they're there for comedic relief, but they're also really good characters and they have good motivations and they don't have to keep dying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the 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 revolution, I like the little robot revolution where like she like takes off that inhibitor chip or whatever, and uh, like the robot comes back to her and he's like, "Now what?" Like in, in, in like robot language, and she's like, "I don't know, go free other people." And like in that moment, she finds like this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm supposed to be freeing my kind, and like her excitement at that fact just like radiates out over the course of the next twenty minutes, where she's just literally thrilled to be freeing her people. And at the same time, we have Han and Chewie downstairs trying to, you know, get the goods that they're trying to steal. And there's that moment there where Han and Chewie separate. And, you know, Han's like, look, go do what you got to do, man. Like, like to that point, it feels like, hey, look, that that debt is paid. Like, whatever. Like, we're good. Go do what you got to do. And here you might need this. And, you know, obviously we see Chewie again. We know we're going to see Chewie again. Mm. But like that was like a good moment. Then everything else that's just happening, like you have Lando in the ship monologuing to himself, which is just perfect (laughs) (laughs) to the point where like, okay, there is there is now, you know, the the big action scene before they take off and L3 gets shot and is killed. And you see like Lando's at like abject horror at this and his running out there to save them. And from that point on and up until they escape those clouds, like I, I thought that like I think it's visually maybe the most stunning any Star Wars movie has ever looked where in, when they're in that vortex or um, that maelstrom 
mm-hmm. where you see the Star Destroyer coming at them, and now they're in the clouds, and the Leviathan is there chasing them, and just everything about that scene is like everything I want to see from Star Wars. Like I am so tired of of the whole lightsaber like lightsaber battles. Like I want more. I of quit this, this podcast. This is like this is interesting. <laughs> like. Like moving, I'm talking about like moving forward. Like there is so much more to mine out of this universe that's interesting, and this movie shows so much of it. Like mm-hmm. it's like I think like this like half hour sequence is awesome. Just like really yeah. really good stuff that I want to see more of these movies copy. Like there's a lot a lot of lessons that other Star Wars movies can take from probably one of the most panned Star Wars movies. Is yeah. There's way cooler stuff out there than just the force. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I think, uh, and I agree. I agree. Kelsey, do you, you have, uh, you want to expand on that? No, I was just going to say that I definitely agree because I think like they could do so much more and I feel like they're kind of limited to, to people's expectations. Um, and especially like with the lightsabers, like one of my favorite reviews, I was on Rotten Tomato today because I had to know like what people thought about it. And someone was like, there wasn't a single lightsaber in this movie for an hour and 40 minutes (laughs) and it was just funny because i didn't even like realize that because i like to me it just like like i said for for the first 40 minutes i don't even know if there was a lightsaber because i was washing the dishes but i feel like it added something different to people's expectations and i feel like either way it will help the movie or like be a detriment but I think it was interesting because it is that fact that like, stuff we hadn't seen before, which is why like even in the the next movies, the new ones where they follow like Finn and he's like an ex. Um, I don't know if that's a. Am I spoiling something? No. <laughs> it's like, no. Ex, like ten minutes Star of Force Star Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> and like that, and the reason people enjoyed his character a lot too was because he did something different too. And I think mm-hmm. like when you're doing something cool. And looking at these other facets of the Star Wars, like, canon, I think that's when it's the most interesting. And when you stick to the same things, people eventually do get bored. Um, So it could be also, like, I think this movie had a plus for that, but then a minus for it being about Han Solo. So there's there's still those expectations there, where if if it wasn't any of that, I think it would have done much better. So I think here's a good example of what this movie does. No, 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 no. Mark, you go ahead first. No, 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 no. All right, so, like, here, uh, we talked about, <laughs> I think, earlier on about how, like, we don't really care about the characters, right? Because, like, you know, there, there's not no, really no, no, no. chemistry. I, I care. Chemistry, chemistry between them. Chemistry between them, right? I bet we're talking about, like, yeah, Kira and, uh, and Han, right? Yeah. But, she like, cares about Beckett, Justin. She cares and, very, and very Lance much Carlson. about Beckett, yes. Um, but, like... When this movie ends, I you know, it's interesting to me where, you know, Kira goes and like you could follow the comic series mm-hmm. that they're coming out with or that they came out with to go find out what happened with her and stuff. But like the main mm-hmm. thing that I took away from this movie, um, other than I need to see more Lando, was like L3 gets uploaded into the Millennium Falcon's like mm-hmm. brains, right? Yeah. And like yeah. Lando makes a part of saying like she's part of the ship now. And mm-hmm. the fact that, like, we did not know this throughout all these other movies, like, that felt like such a, like, a big moment. Because, like, they, they bring it back a couple times, like, where Lando is, like, solemnly or, like, no, not, not solemnly, but, like, mournfully looking on at, the like, the screen being, like, you know, she's part of this now. Like, she's part mm-hmm. of the ship. And then, like, later calls back, like, she's mapping the, the maelstrom. Like, she's mm-hmm. finding us a way out. And it just, like... This amazing character is now part of the ship that is still in the movies right now, and it's just like never brought up again. Like it's just like 
the one thing from this movie that no one will ever speak about ever again and one of the coolest parts of it. Yeah, it's I mean, I think... It's retconning, though. Yeah, it's retconning. Yes, it, also, it is it's retconning. Trying, I know. It, it, it's trying to, I think, um, assign, like, a, a tangible reason why everyone thinks the Millennium Falcon is so special. Like, I think that is, like, part of what mm -hmm. it is. It's fast. It has this amazing computer. I think is like, they're trying to give you, like, a reason why, both like, Han and Lando both have, like, this giant affection for the ship itself. Like, it's more than just... The, the parts that, that make it up, right? And, and, and yeah. I don't think they needed to do to do that to make that the case. The Millennium Falcon is amazing. It's always been amazing. It's like, it's just a very coolly designed ship. Um, but uh, I think, go, rewinding really quick, just, just a, a, a slight like, um, like criticism or negative about, about the movie, kind of just glomming onto what we talked about early in, in this discussion is, they have this moment, right, where Chewie and Han, like, see the Falcon for the first time and are, like, experiencing it. And it's supposed to be this moment, right? It's supposed to be this, this big moment, like, oh, this is Han seeing the Millennium Falcon for the first time. And the only thing in my head, I'm like, that's not Han Solo. Like, like, like mm -hmm. this not being Harrison Ford takes all of the meaning out of this moment exactly. you know it, it's like the opposite of that moment in force awakens right where they get back to the, that moment even in the trailer which like we're made home. you cry watching the fucking trailer right yeah. when he says we're home you're like yes you are you belong there like with this guy you're like you're just some other guy mm -hmm. on the exactly. ship. and again once again the reasoning the, uh, once again the part where this being a han solo movie is the worst part about the movie itself. Just, yeah. just go ahead. So I will oh. say that scene that you're talking about has a very different and beautiful rendition of the Star Wars theme playing in the background when you're first seeing the Falcon. And I never picked up on that the first time I watched the movie, but listening to it today, I was like, that is really beautiful. And I had to rewind yeah. it twice and listen to it. Just like a very different. Well, they had to make you feel something. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 like. It, I was feeling really funny in those scenes. Well, Lando was the there. I was feeling a lot. <laughs> there's a different. There's a different composer for this movie for the most part, John Powell, and they brought in John Williams yeah. and they like collaborated on the theme yeah. and like a couple tracks. And that's how I feel about this movie is like it's connected but not fully connected. There's like some connection yeah. there. I had like a completely different feel for, like. You guys talking about like, oh, it's great they don't have lightsabers. Like, it's not like they're completely devoid of the other parts of Star Wars. It's not like they were really fully breaking new ground. Like, there were just a bunch of pew pews everywhere. There's a large monster in space that they almost ran into oh, with yeah. the Falcon. They barely get to the hyperdrive in time. They make the jump to light speed to get out of it. And the thing that drove me crazy about that sequence was she's he's like, you remember when we were in the alleyway? Yeah, I remember we yeah. got stuck. Not this time. Oh, he's going to turn it the other way so they can make it through the slit. Like, how many times do you have to explain stupid shit that I don't need explained to me in yeah, the dialogue? Yeah. It's like, it's going to work this time. Oh, I guess we're turning vertical. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. I mean, I, I didn't even write it down this time, but I remember the first time I watched it. There's was, there was a one point in, in it where he goes like, I got a good feeling about this. Yeah. And right it's like, that. it's like, okay, man, like I get it. I, now you're young. So you have a good feeling about it. When you get older, you're going to have a bad feeling about it. Once you have like experience, like I, yeah, all that's up. I will say like, I do agree with Justin, like the visual stuff for the, especially the castle run, I think is great. When that yes. Star Destroyer does pop in, I'm like, that is a fucking awesome visual. I'll qualify that Star it by like, saying it all looks great. Yeah. But like those types of things, like so we were complaining about plant and payoff before that we mm -hmm. is like such a major part of storytelling. 
that's not what I mean when I say like you've planned yeah. this and then you're gonna pay it off by mansplaining the situation to me. That's not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm talking about. Like there's yeah, like yeah. later like over and over Beckett. I'm jumping ahead slightly, but it's yeah, yeah. It's we can jump ahead. We, 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 right. yeah, yeah, we, we can go. Beckett, yeah, Beckett yeah. makes a point multiple times. He says like don't trust anybody, and then when he oh, betrays yeah. him again, he's like I told you don't trust anybody. I'm like you didn't have to tell me. Like yeah. that's implied by when they open yeah. the door and it's you. I don't yeah, need the yeah, extra yeah. lineup. I yeah. told you not to trust anyone because yeah, I'm yeah. the bad. Oh, the only way it would be worse if he said I'm the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. like that would make it clear if there was any doubt. It's like I'm bad now. Yeah, yeah. And then later so he they... says you made the right decision. I was gonna kill you. I'm like that's implied. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you telling him you were gonna kill him? You had the blasters. Like you made the right choice. I was gonna shoot you. Oh. Because they gotta make sure that you know that Han. <laughs> Yeah. Only shot first in a correct situation. Like that right. it wasn't like you know, he didn't shoot first and kill somebody who wasn't going to kill him. So you had to make sure you knew because well, Han's the good guy. So there there yeah. is. So they get the coaxium through the Kessel run. He does it in the whatever the the, the whatever parsecs. parsecs. 12 parsecs. Uh, if, down. if you round down. If you round down. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they get to this planet. They start refining the thing and Emphis Nest shows up. And this is when we get like sort of like the reveal, right, the Emphis Ness is this young woman who is like a freedom fighter who is basically starting the rebellion, right, against the Empire in, in yep. many ways. Like, she's part of, like, the very early parts of the rebellion against the Empire. She's a real flag yeah. where I started liking the movie. Um, and <laughs> we... There's, like, 20 minutes to go. <laughs> there's 20 minutes left in the movie. Kelsey's in. Um, but this, here, and she again... She pulled off these, the helmet, I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> these parts crop up, like, throughout this movie, and one of the reasons I like the movie is because there are these little pockets of, you know, Dave Filoni is the guy who created, you know, the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and he's working the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all. He's basically running Star Wars at this point in, in many ways. But this sort of like take on the universe is more like like we're going to see a more of a ground level version of the universe. And we're going to see these pockets and these interesting characters pop up is a very much a Filoni thing. And that stuff is like starting to show itself in this movie. And this this is one of those moments, right, where like we learn about who she is, what she's doing like and you know the fact that like we, we I mean we learned about the like the, the the I don't think we need to know the origins of Crimson Dawn like that they were like the, like that's again, again the movie's over explaining things we don't like her line when she's like these these people like Crimson Dawn aid the Empire like in the shadows that's all we need to know to know that like they're they're bad like you know the other stuff is not is not like um is not like that important but we get interesting, we're like we get Han sort of being like, we, well, we can't, we can't give this stuff to Crimson Dawn now. Here's my plan, right? And, and Beckett is sort of like, well, this can only go right one way and go wrong a bunch of other ways. I'm going to just leave <laughs> or whatever. And then he just like pieces out. Um, and then they go to in this plan uh, against Crimson Dawn. Um, and I also know thing. I like, I'm a big fan of scenes like this where it's like subterfuge within subterfuge. Like I like this kind of shit. Like spy yep. shit is like completely mm. my, 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 my jam. Right. Um, and I, I, I like, I, I like like the sort of like stuff that they're doing. Right. Again, it feels like we're in a different movie at this point. It feels like we're in a totally different movie. Basically Beckett plays Han and, but 
but Han is like, ah, I knew you, you told me you were the best, you, you, not to trust anybody, and I listened, so I didn't trust you. Um, so he has a whole other plan in, inside of a plan, right, to, to fool this, which almost almost also goes south at, at whatever point. Um, but what did we all think of this sort of like last act of the movie? Kelsey, this is when you started liking the movie, so can you tell us why yeah, you like this definitely. part? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I the, watched it for the first time today. So mm. I never saw this movie before. I didn't even know Woody was in it until he came on the screen. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but I really like this part because I think it has the best parts of Star Wars where mm-hmm. it's like everything is kind of obvious, but it's still like a little shocking. And mm-hmm. there's always like that. I find that this happens a lot where there's like this double element all the time. And, mm-hmm. I, and I like that part. And I like that Voss was kind of like flippant about the coaxium. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, just bring it here because <laughs> I already know it's <laughs> fake. <laughs> and, I, and I like that part. And yeah. like I said, um, I like I like Woody's character a lot. I like what it leads to at the end of the movie. Like, I like that this is all a buildup for the real betrayer. And it just, I think it ended in a way that made sense for a Han Solo film. A Han, a Han sorry. Han Solo film. Come on, Kelsey. I'm Come sorry. On, so you know she's I'm a big fan Lance, of, uh, Lance fan Lando. number one. <laughs> Lance, Lance and Han. <laughs> it's my accent. <laughs> um, Justin, what did you think of this, this kind of ending section of the movie? I'm also a big fan of the double crosser getting double crossed. Uh-huh. Like, yes. I, you know, I had forgotten because it's been a couple of years, I, I also had forgotten Woody Harrelson was in this movie until Woody Harrelson showed up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Woody Harrelson, awesome. But this scene, I had forgotten how this scene went. I knew that there, I knew that there, like, there was going to be, like they were going to planning on, on betraying Voss, but I couldn't remember exactly how it went. And I knew that Woody Harrelson's character had betrayed the others, but I forgot how they got out of the situation. And so when, they, when he was like, I did listen. And I was like, oh, rad. I could do that. Like that. That's really good. Um, so yeah, like I, I thought, look, this, like this whole scene is great just because, you know, then you get, you get the, the, like the immediate battle afterwards uh, between Kira Voss and, and Han. And uh, you get those cool little Valorant. I don't know. Brass knuckles almost. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, that was, they were a, cool. it's a, it's a good scene. It's like, it's a, it's a really good scene. And like, you know, I like when, you kind of get your uh, your expectations subverted and then subverted again very quickly afterwards. So this scene was actually mm-hmm. pretty good. And then where the movie goes from this point kind of is like, again, throws curveballs at you, but not in the same way. I Like when we get to the ending of the movie, I have more thoughts on like Han's like actual character arc in this movie and where it plays in his overall arc in the films, which is a little bit weird, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, what about you, uh, Mark? I have a different feel about this than everyone. I very much know I'm going to be in the minority here. I, I thought it was like overwrought, like all the double crosses and everything. It felt like Sherlock Holmes or like, you know, it really felt like is there's an episode of Breaking Bad, like a like a handful of nothing. Where it's like, oh, this this is this isn't meth, like that whole thing. Where it's like mm. they're just trying to have like their like su- three different wow moments in as 
truncated a time period as possible. It's like, oh, you think it's Kira, but she didn't betray him. It was Beckett, but he was ahead of Beckett, and it's actually the thing that's here. And there's another plan that's mm-hmm. on top of a plan on another plan. I'm like, guys, can we just wrap this shit up already? Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? I yeah. think they had to pay off the whole, like, because Beckett says it to him so much, don't trust anybody, and then he says right. something else. Like, but even if they the didn't person have... will show you who they are. Mm-hmm. And like, right. they needed to, like, they needed to pay that off somehow. But they paid it off, like, three <laughs> different times in the last ten minutes. Like, <laughs> he betrays him twice, and then is gonna shoot him, and then he kills him. Uh, and he's like, you did a good thing. And then mm-hmm. you find out the yeah, ultimate I mean, that's, betrayer that, that's is Kira. Overall. Like, yes. They've done, they they paid it off so many ways that they didn't need to have, like, five different sub-plans in the plan for mm-hmm. me to be maintain interest. Like, just... It, I don't. I don't know. I, it felt a little. I, don't, a little I bit think much it was the me. most. I think it was the most interesting part of the movie, though. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's like I just like soap operas. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, it was the most interesting. I was like, oh, he did what? Oh, like, oh, and they they knew. <laughs> like, and, that, and then and then that Kira, but like left him. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I, <laughs> I all I was thinking the the problem I have with this movie is just its existence, um, because it's it's a story about Han Solo being a like heartless soulless smuggler who's moved by the rebellion, uh, like that's his redemption story, and that's like the story of the entire original trilogy, and then he unlearns yeah. everything, betrays well, yeah. them, and then okay, they're yeah. like, he has to learn again how to not be a total piece of shit. So yeah. the existence of this movie makes his existence in the original trilogy even worse. Like if you thought he was bad, <laughs> then in like how he like leaves and then comes back and has his hero arc, it's worse because he was familiar with all this before and had already gone through the tribulations and trials to become a better person and then ignored it for 10 years and then had to relearn everything because he's stupid. Yeah. This so is I, where, I, I, like, this I, 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 I don't... I don't think that it. I'll just, I'll, I'll just I'll let you talk about. It. I, I don't think that it like it doesn't make me think about the original trilogy that way. But I agree with you. He essentially has the same arc in this movie that mm-hmm. he has in A New Hope, yep. essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Justin, what were you gonna say? Well, this is what I was talking about when I was yeah. saying like where he fits into the greater scheme of these movies is. Yeah. You know, he's you he he continually says throughout the movie, "Oh, I'm not a good person." I'm not a good person. Mm. Like that's yeah. like when he was talking with Kira about, she's like, I've done things. He's like, I'm not a good person. And she's like, no, you are a good person, but yeah, also you're the good you were guy. fighting. Yeah. You were fighting with the empire, but mm. also then like you make like wise ass remarks about like, well, this is their planet and where we are the invaders. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. pick a side, pick a lane, yeah. do something. And then yeah. at the end of the movie, okay, you picked your lane. Like you were like, Oh, we can't do this. Like we obviously can't do this. We're not giving them, the, we're yeah. not giving him the goods. Mm-hmm. And then after this movie, he continues to go back to not doing anything again. It, like it makes ap- this is one part of this movie makes no sense for this reason. Like at the end of yeah. this movie, you're like, OK, if the next movie was, you know, now we're we're starting uh, a new hope. And Han Solo is like, you know, a kind of helpful ally without it being like, oh, I've got to twist his arm to do it. It would make sense. But it. It's that's not the character. So why they chose to end the movie this way, I'm not sure. Where he's just like, well, I'm the good guy, but actually maybe I'm like gonna just hang out on the sidelines here. They kind of have that covered though with like they're telling everything because 
Woody, Tobias, his character says like, nah, you can't come with us because like you do this once and then you're in this life forever. And mm-hmm. so and maybe that's the part that they're going with where it's like Han is a good person in the end, but because he stays in this lifestyle, he takes on this like persona of being a bad person because he's been in it so long and like he can't leave and like that's but what to buy. If you yeah, took on the persona like, for a decade, how much is it persona and how much is it just you at that point? Yeah, I mean I think it's like oh, it his attitude in New Hope is like I'm just here for my money, princess, and then yep. I'm gone. You know, so it's yeah. like, uh, it, uh, it, it, you know, um, like which so I love Han Solo. Don't get me wrong. This is not me criticizing Han Solo. It's just me criticizing the this movie. Like, I, once again, the worst thing about this movie being a, it, it is a movie about Han Solo. Like mm-hmm. that, that is the main yeah. problem with this movie. You know, leading up to the very end where he's like, ah, oh, Beckett said there was this that there was this gangster in yep. Tatooine that had a good job. Trust me, this'll be great. Yeah. Like, oh, but it will be great. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, like I didn't need this. Yeah. Again, we're fast forwarding because again probably five months from now or whatever, we'll do we'll do Rogue One. But like it's like the same thing end of Rogue One where it's like, I don't need this to smush into another thing. Like, you know, it can exist on its own. Right. Um mm-hmm you know, in this universe and not have to just like lead directly into something else that we've already seen. Um, and like the double crossing, while it was the most interesting part of this movie, I do agree that it, I think it would have ended better and made more sense if he wasn't moved by the rebels yet. Like yeah. he yes, has this exactly, interaction yeah. with them and 100%. like the seeds are being planted in his head, but he doesn't like do this big thing. But I think they were also afraid of like making people upset yeah, they want him to be the hero. They want him to be the yeah. hero of he, the movie. He, which yeah, is yeah. dumb he because he he has to learn to be the hero in the movies we've yeah. already seen. Yeah. So if exactly. he's learned yes. it, that yes. means he's unlearned it, which means he's a terrible person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have uh, ended just, up at the end of this movie, like, nicking part of that score. Like, not yeah. just a tiny little crystal. Like, for it to mm-hmm. really be Han Solo... He should have been like like waving goodbye to everybody and then keeping one of the canisters for himself like that. Like yeah. that would have been more true. Like I did a good thing, yeah. but I got mine in the end. Yeah, like yeah. that would yeah, have been yeah. more true to where we see him at the start sure. of A New Hope instead oh. of him being like the altruistic good guy and yeah. being like, sure, I'll take this little thing. And then he doesn't even ask for it. Right. Oh, it's yeah. given yeah. to him. He doesn't even yeah. ask for it. He's right. going to do yeah. it for absolutely nothing. Right. Um, and that's not the Han Solo that we we see right in in, in, in a new hope at all. My um, favorite part of these podcasts is when we start rewriting it to be a better movie. So I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, well, we you can do that. it. And Justin, <laughs> Justin did a great job there because that would totally have. Not redeem the character, We're, but redeem the movie that it yeah. feels more authentic to the character. Yeah, we absolutely. Meet up with them. Yeah, we do I get a good, we about, do, again, we, we, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Justin, go ahead. I was gonna say, I just want to talk about Kira for a bit, but if you want to continue about Han, we could always get there in a minute. Yeah, let's close off Han, and then we'll go back to the, the big moment with Kira, which mm-hmm. unfortunately is never gonna get paid off ever, because this movie didn't do well, yeah. um, but it's an extremely cool moment, but it's just like, what well, we're never gonna get paid off, so, um, we, the last thing we see of Han, right, is he goes to, he finds Lando, um, and they have like their Sabak rematch and he steals the, the card that Han keeps in, uh, that, that, that Lance keeps in his, his, his jacket. Um, and then he beats him right. F- like fair and square and, and takes the fal- the Falcon. Um, it was great to see Donald Glover again. Like this time we get the scene that we expected the first scene to be right. Right. Um, you know, I, it, 
again, once again, the, the movie needing to like overdo it as far as like explaining, like if that scene had just ended with Han showing up and be like rematch, like then you would have like, fine. Yeah. You know, like, you, like you we, we know what's going to happen. He's going to win the Millennium Falcon. We've seen yeah. the other six movies in which he has the, or the four movies, which he has the Millennium Falcon. Right. Like we're, 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 we're fine. We get yeah. it. Everybody knows who Han Solo is. You're not telling us anything that we don't already know. Um, but you know, it, 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 for a complaints about the movie, it's it's I don't really it's not it's a very minor like I think the, the last scene is fine. Like I think I think it's a good way to end yeah. the movie considering what the movie is. Um, but rewinding back to Kira, um, we get this end scene with this this ending thing with Kira where she she kills Dryden Voss, um, and later on, right before basically you know um, uh, Han kills Beckett. He goes like, oh, did she kill Voss? Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, 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 like he knew what was going on with her. Um, she kills Voss. She takes his ring and she like calls base and we figure out who the, the leader of Crimson Dawn is and it's Darth Maul. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a cool scene. Like they have, again, once, but once again, they have to do just like the, the step too much, but like in case you didn't know this was Darth Maul guys, <laughs> he's still got the double lightsaber, yep. you know? Like, like we, we we know there aren't any other characters who are, have a red <laughs> devil face with spiky horns out of their face. Yeah. You know, like we know we know who he is, um, but it's still a cool scene. It's like uh, being a fan of Clone Wars and of Rebels. Like it's it, it it's it, it fits completely within like the actual like like mythos of the universe at this point. Mm -hmm. Cool to see him again. Like I, I was very excited at the time. Like what could what again because it felt like a very a very felony thing to do, which is like to show this character and then lead into something else. And we never got what was going to show up. Two questions. I'll go around. What do we think about the mall reveal? And, and that's a, and B, do we think this was Kira's plan the whole time? Uh, Kelsey, I want to let you go first. Okay. Perfect. Cause I have a lot of thoughts. First okay. thing, <laughs> first thing, um, I, while I liked the, the, the inclusion of Darth Maul. Um, I feel like having him speak, um, as someone who's only seen the movies, I haven't watched uh, Clone Wars mm. or Rebels, um, so I know he has more like prominent roles there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but yeah. as someone who just watched the movies, like I think it would have been more effective if he didn't speak, because like you said, we we know who it is, and if she would have just relayed relayed what it was and had like and he had like one line like okay, see you at the base or whatever, I think it would have been more effective, which brings me into my second point and answer to your question, that I do think it was her plan the whole time because this movie's telling you every five seconds that we don't know her. We think mm -hmm. we do, but we don't know her. We don't know her and it's, it's said 14 times. And I think that that is proof that I think that was her plan the whole time because you could tell she's uncomfortable in Boss's presence. She doesn't like him, obviously. She's evil and we don't know her at all. She's very good at acting. She like, so I think there's all this part that led up to this and like maybe it wasn't necessarily always her plan, but it happened to become her plan because of what ended up happening that they weren't going to take the, I forgot, the <laughs> that they weren't going to take that. So I feel like it developed there. I don't think it was her plan the whole movie. Um, her intent to kill Voss might've always been there. This was just a, like an opportunity, like an opportunity for her. Um, but when that fucking cage came down behind the windows, I was like, what's <laughs> happening? I'm a little like excited here. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do like in their conversation that she is like, 
He's like, what happened? She's like, I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> I'm the only survivor. <laughs> I'm the only survivor, though. Um, which, which I, wasn't I, which I, 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 I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. Um, I just walked in and took his like secret, super secret decoder ring and used it to call you. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Justin, what do you think of Darth Maul? What do you think of you think it was Kira's whole plan the whole time? I also had never seen the Clone Wars, but I had mm. through just osmosis known that Darth Maul was brought back at some point. So I mm. obviously did not I, I did not expect to see him. I thought it was really cool. I was, of course, was like, of course, you brought up the double lightsaber because you had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this scene with Kira. I, You know, her motivation is like ridiculously unclear, like because the entire mm -hmm. time. But we don't know her, Justin. Yeah, I know. You don't know what she's done, Justin. I don't know. I legitimately don't know if she's doing this for Han. Like I, because it, it feels like every time she is dreading every second of the steps that she's doing to get Maul on screen, and then when mm -hmm. Maul is on screen, it looks like she wants to die. It doesn't look like she like she's a mastermind who had planned this out and is now going to be Maul's top lieutenant. Like she's moving up the chain, like. She looks uncomfortable as all get out. And I think it, like to me, it almost looks like I am going to go there and just pull all distraction away from Han because she doesn't doesn't mention him, doesn't do anything. But also in that last moment where she sees him, she doesn't have to go and turn to him and be like, smile like that's the word. I Whenever I thought about you, I smiled like if she was some mastermind, she would just let him walk out the door and not leave that lingering thought of like that. She has Justin, real feelings for feelings. this guy there. Yeah. Come on, Justin. Masterminds sure. have feelings. feelings. Or, or they just realize the the impact of the perception of having feelings because they're sociopaths. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's a book I want to read about that, but right? I don't know. I, it, it just it doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. It, what about what about you, Mark? What how do you feel about this? I, I felt the reveal was cool. Um mm -hmm. I like the the shung shung of the double uh lightsaber <laughs> coming out again. Um uh -huh. as as someone that, you know, only watched the movies, um mm -hmm. I was disappointed it wasn't Peter Serafinowitz. Big fan of his yeah. voice. And <laughs> big fan of him in general. Just I just yeah, I, he's I'm like, familiar with his voice. Very, very funny guy. Very funny guy. But I, I just like yeah. his voice. His voice is Darth yeah. Maul's voice in my head. So it was slightly uh -huh. different. So that yeah. threw me off a little bit. As for if it was her plan, I don't think so. Um, she strikes me as a Han Solo type. If you were looking at a script uh, where mm -hmm. she fails upward, uh, where she might advance slightly in spite of herself on occasion. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the plan all along because if it was the plan the entire time, I don't think she would put her her like life in the hands of so much doubt. The mission had a very low chance of success. Yeah. You were assembling it as you're going along, like you're assembling the crew and the plan as you're going along. So if this yeah. is her plan the entire time, she's a fucking genius. Like this is a Stephen mm -hmm. Hawking level of genius in the space world. So <laughs> I don't think it was her plan, although. As we've said, we don't know who she is, and I don't think that's even within the world. I think it's just poor screenwriting that I don't know yeah, who she yeah. is, mm -hmm. her motivations, or what she's fully capable of, because you've told me mm -hmm. jack shit about her for two yeah, hours yeah. and 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, like, I think the reveal's rad. Like, I, like uh, Sam Witwer does the voice of Maul in this. He did, he did the voice on the animated stuff. Right, I read um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's great. 
as the character and so that even more bums me out that we're not going to see him show, yeah. show up again um at least we don't know right at, at, at this wasn't point wasn't there a mall project um, announced though i thought or i don't know fake? um was he, that fake fan there was a rumor that he was going to be in the kenobi show and then mm-hmm. but it got but it got changed right i did um, I, I did read that as well um uh, but um and as far as my question about kira i like i don't think like i said you, i agree with you guys i don't think it was her plan the whole time but I think at a certain point in the yeah. like in the lead up to what happened, she decided this is my chance to mm-hmm. kill Voss. And because she picked up that ring uh, quite quickly and yeah. put it in the, like there was not a, like, a lot of hesitation going on, I, you know. So I, I think somewhere in her head she had this plan. Mm-hmm. Like at some point I'm going to kill this guy and I'm going to and I'm going to I'm going to take his spot. Well, mm-hmm. as she turned the ring and right before the 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 mollygram, as I would say, patent mm-hmm. pending, uh, came <laughs> up, um, she has like a slight facial turn, kind of like Green Goblin when uh, <laughs> when Willem Dafoe goes full Willem Dafoe, where she's like, yeah, "I'm yeah, evil yeah. now." I was like, "Oh, that was a different look." <laughs> and then, yeah, and then when Darth the, Maul, the thing comes right, yeah, 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 yeah. When the cage comes around, she's like, "There's danger outside. Cage me in, Papa." And then, yeah. <laughs> when when Darth Maul comes on the screen, he's like. I'm going to bring you next to me. We're going to be real close now. She's like, oh, shit, I'm not that evil. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think she was like, oh, ab- there's that look of abject horror that Justin was talking about where I'm like, wait, yeah, yeah. now I'm confused. Is she evil <laughs> or is she in over her head? Or is it a little bit of yeah. both? But yeah, there, there's a lot of like Star Wars canon stuff. And this is like a, in the books a lot um, is this idea that like a lot of people that work for the Empire don't actually want to work for the for the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and this like duality between people and how they just end up picking a side because they have to. Um, and I like those aspects of the books. And I think Kira, the reason I like this scene is because it showed something that I've seen in the books where it, they're just they're just regular people and they're just trying to survive and live and like whatever happens, that's what happens. Um, yeah. And they're not necessarily heroes. They're just normal survivors. And she was the only survivor. Yeah. So don't forget. Right. Yeah. Only survivor. She's only she survivor. Is, She's the only she survivor. Loved. She she doesn't know what happened. She wasn't there. I, I, I really like how Paul asked no follow up questions to that. Like, no. No. Where were you? Well, his fo- his follow up question is: I'm taking out my fucking lightsaber, and you're gonna come, you're coming over here, yeah. and we're gonna have a talk. You don't need like, to have follow up questions when you go the chong chong. You saw her yeah. face. She's like, yeah. All right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In case yeah. you forgot, Kira, I am a Sith Lord. Um... <laughs> To, to it's funny because to speak on just quickly like um maul in the in the like feloni verse in like the clone wars rebels aspect of stuff again one of the things where the movie doesn't totally line up with like what the the canon that's come before and after it is is that maul hates the empire he hates them um like he hates like you know Obi-Wan Kenobi more, but he hates the empire because he hates Anakin Skywalker. He hates like that. He was supplanted. He hates all of those things. So the fact that he's helping them in this, like in this world is like a little bit off character, but you know, he also has a lot of grand plans and designs. So I, but like that was the one moment for me where I was like, this is not exactly what Filoni would have wanted. You know, like (laughs) you just kind of encapsulated most of the, the cast of this movie, or I should say within the movie, it's just like grand plans and designs is every character yeah. in this movie. And mm-hmm. most of them are yeah. horrible at fulfilling them. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. like 
Lando has big plans and he he messes up. Kira's got big plans. Han's got big plans. Beckett's got big plans. Uh, yeah, everyone's got big plans, and most of them fall flat on their face. Yeah, the all most of mostly all of them. Yes. Yeah. Fall fall completely flat. Um, but yeah, that's and that's that wraps up. Uh, you know, Solo, uh, a Star Wars story. Um, whatever we do this next, we'll be talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Can I just say this Ooh, is I one of my favorite wait. Star Wars movies, and I'm so excited because Rogue I know One? nobody likes it. Yeah, <laughs> and Rogue I Rogue love it. What are you talking about? Rogue, Rogue One's my favorite okay. Star Wars movie. A I've lot been of people so excited that to get I know to this don't like it. From Rogue One forward, for it. at least at least three movies, including Rogue One, I get to be positive. <laughs> I, I have I've only one. seen uh, I mean, uh, uh, to give a little people a preview of what's going to happen when we do this next this next podcast. I saw Rogue One one time in in the theater. Um, I was incredibly excited about it, and I ended up feeling kind of cold about it when I when I finished it. So I am looking forward to watching it again and seeing how I feel about it now. Uh, I'm not going in thinking like I, I didn't hate the movie by any stretch of the imagination. I don't I don't have any like hate for the movie. Um, but much like we talked about with a lot of these movies, right? Especially these like interstitial movies that go in like the middle places. I had a lot of expectations for what I, what, what I was expecting it to be. And it, it didn't hit like a lot of those expectations. So, um, w- w- but I'm interested after I've seen it and kind of had a lot of space from it going back to it and, and, and seeing how I feel about it. I wonder how um, you'll feel about it coming off of like Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, like getting away from, cause this was like, uh, it was the first, right? Rogue yes, one was the first, first one. yeah. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it being the first one maybe colored your opinion a little bit. I guess we'll see. I will say uh, my, my I'll just give you uh, my 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 general thought of it was it didn't go far enough away from the like the 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 the, the established Star Wars stuff that I wanted it to essentially. Mm-hmm. That that is like how I felt about it then. So I'm interested to see how I feel about it now, going back to it and watching it and sort of knowing what it is already and and, and experiencing it. And right. then and then we get into the original trilogy. So that that'll be that'll be a fun thing to uh, to, to talk about. Um, and then we'll wrap back around to the sequel trilogy. The, ra- um, the and, real Han Solo. Yeah, the real Han Solo. Please stand up. Yeah. He'll be here. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Harrison Ford's in the waiting room. Unfortunately, we I don't know if I don't know if Disney Plus has the version where he shoots first. But oh God, yeah. um we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um it's always funny to go back to those original 3 movies and find out, okay, which version of it am I watching at this yeah. point? Um because they've changed it so many times and even altered the yeah. ones that were already altered, so it's like mm-hmm. like I don't even I don't even know what the state of it is at this point. I haven't even like looked into like what the state of yeah. those movies is at I this think, point. I know it's not the original version, but the, like the you know, closest whatever. version to the theatrical cut is like a laser disc, I'm pretty sure. Let's Yeah, the la- yeah, yeah. And then they did do like a deep like a DVD version where they basically like just didn't do anything to it, just took the laser disc version and basically put it onto DVD and it was yeah. out for like it came out, they put out like all these special editions of the movies and that yep. was one of, they put up both editions and that move, that edition got, you know, it basically is out of print again. So I don't even know, right. like if you can even access that shit. Um, but anyway, we're going to, we, we're not going to be able to get away from seeing Han awkwardly step over, <laughs> step over uh, Jabba? Uh, Jabba the Hutt's <laughs> digital tail in that one scene. <laughs> Where they kind of just so move janky. them up and down. It's so <laughs> janky. It's so unbelievably um, janky. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, that's amazing because that's got a lot, a lot of like uh, nostalgia and stuff wrapped up for it, especially for Mark and I. So we'll, yeah. we'll see how, how how that stuff goes. Um, uh, Kelsey, do you want to tell people where they can find you other than on this wonderful podcast? 
Yes, on my YouTube channel, Reading with Kelsey, if you like books. Every December, I read Star Wars books, so... And uh, Twitter, Kelsamus, K-E-L-S-S-A-M-U-S. And very soon, another show on this channel. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Professor Kelsey. No, 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 you didn't have to talk. I, no, 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 I was asking uh, you to promote your I own stuff. <laughs> Professor talk, Kelsey's talk. Book Club. Professor Kelsey's Book Club. We're going to get dressed up, have nice drinks, and we're going to talk about... Uh, are you going to tell the book they were talking about? It's not everybody Clara can see and it. Clara the Sun. Oh, Clara. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this one. <laughs> this Clara one. and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. And it's about a little um, artificial friend named Clara who finds a family. All right. Um, Justin and I are reading that book and we're going to discuss it with Kelsey um, in, in, the, in the near future. Um, we're going to get dressed up in blazers and have some drinks and, and talk about the book. Justin will, his arm will be in a sling at that point, but he will soldier on and be there. Um, Mark, uh, sometimes you still stream every couple of every every seven months. Yeah, just about as often frequent. as we do this podcast, you yeah. stream. Where can people find you if you do that? Uh, I'm at twitch.tv slash Ursus Fidelis on social media. I'm at twitter.com or instagram.com slash Ursus Fidelis TV. And I'm also on another podcast, the Hall of Fame Video Games and Movies podcast. You can find that on all of your podcasts. Uh, favorite podcast mediums of choice i don't know i don't even know how to platforms platforms there you go platforms. i think platforms. platforms podcasting is the medium platforms is the right word thank you bobby uh-huh you're welcome you're welcome. back to you <laughs> <laughs> you can find justin and i on this here channel misadventure.land uh all, all of the time um we also are joined by uh our new newest member luminous sky uh we just said we have a tier list of all the FromSoft games um I think next week, Justin, we're about due for do a normal podcast. I, I haven't really counted since the last time we did a normal <laughs> podcast, but I think we're close to it. Um, <laughs> we talked about Elden Ring not that long ago. Yeah, that's tr true. That was on a regular podcast, right? That was a, regular that was a month ago, Justin. Elden Ring came out no, a month ago. No, that was... <laughs> oh, God. Elden Ring came out the end of February. It's the end of March. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Um, but we are going to do a, uh, a, a, we have our new, our show called Wayfinders, which is a video game book club, not to be confused with Professor Kelsey's actual book club that we're doing with our friend Jake, uh, aka Planet Redbeard. We're going to be diving deep into Elden Ring. That'll be in the next couple of weeks. Um, like I said, make sure you rate and review us uh, on your podcast platform of choice. Um, like and subscribe uh, at misadventure.land, our YouTube channel. Um, but that's going to do it, I think, for our Star Wars discussion for this episode. Um, I'm not going to even try to do the thank you thing because no, I was re I was thinking about it. You didn't see my face concentrating. <laughs> okay. We're going to give this a try. We're going to give this a try. Okay. You're ready. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Until next time. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Bobby. And thank you to everyone who's watching and listening until next time. Be good to one another. Roger, roger. Roger, roger. <laughs>